Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, welcome back to The Art of Craftsmanship. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello, hello. And we are joined again uh, by a longtime friend and longtime from the past uh, uh, <laughs> guest of the podcast from two mm-hmm. years ago, almost exactly, Adrian Vito oh, wow. from Hickory Homestead Creations. Hey, boys. Thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Two it's year fun anniversary. To have you back. But yeah. Right. <laughs> fun, right? To, fun to chat again. And uh, yeah, this would be cool. I'll just, I'll give everybody the. Uh, the the like across the board there's there we're having some little technical difficulties but we're just going to go with the flow and i think it'll be fine so here we mm-hmm. go <laughs> all right devin what do you got for us today i'll give a little context before i do the quote even though i normally don't but it makes more sense if i do um mark raybert i think that's what he says last name he um was the head of boston dynamics the the people who make those Crazy, crazy dogs. robot dogs that they kick all the time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's talking about how he used to make the videos showing demonstrations on the cool stuff they came up with. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I was the final edit for most of the videos up until about three years ago. My theory of the video is no explanation. If they can't see it, then it's not the right thing. And if you do something worth showing then let them see it. Don't interfere with a bunch of titles that slow you down or a bunch of distractions. Just do something worth showing and then show it. Mm. Okay. And it makes it makes sense if you've seen you know, those early, like, Boston Diamond. It was just no no titles, no nothing. It yeah. was just, like, the robot walked in the frame and did something amazing. But I liked how... I liked just the last chunk of that. Just do something worth showing, then show it. Like, for, <laughs> for video making, for everybody, when people are thinking about whether they want to get on to, into it or what they should do, the you have to start with do something worth showing. Mm. <laughs> you know? Mm. Yeah. I, I think that, um, yeah, I think that's the first thing, right? Is to, to, <laughs> you know, what is that though? Like what is doing something worth showing? I guess that's, that's depends on each person's opinion, but that should be like your own opinion, right? You should be saying like what I'm doing, I think is worth showing. And if you feel like that, like if, if you enjoy what you're doing, then that'll come through in the, the content that you're creating, I think. Yeah. Yeah. My point was that you you don't have to worry so much about the production value and making it fancy. You should worry mm-hmm. first about making something that is int- will be interesting to other people or, or, you know, that you like. So just do something worth showing and then don't faff about with how to present it. All right. If it's cool enough, it'll kind of stand on its own. I mean, that's a little bit different from, like, making something to having a robot that, like, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. 
Right. But like, I don't <laughs> think you have to worry too much about that. Not looking cool, but I thought it was nice. Like, oh yeah, just start with something good first, and then then you'll figure out how best to show it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I and in the quote, like halfway through, he says something like he was leading up until like three years ago. I wonder if that means like up until no, three he, years ago, that was working. He was leading he, the, the like videos he was doing. Them, no, right. He was, he was the final, he would edit them. He would shoot them and edit them just like on a cell phone. Okay. And then, then now they have more production value, which I remember thinking like, Oh, maybe they should shoot these a little better, but the, the videos went viral anyway, cause they had something so cool to show that it didn't really matter how they did it. See, yeah. yeah, that's like where I struggle the most is like sitting there and going like, okay, is is you know the lighting perfect? Is this angle perfect? You know, is this showing exactly what I want to? And I spend so much time wondering if I have all these things right that then I just never end up recording it or posting it or doing any of that because I've already picked it all apart and all the like deficits. <laughs> Whereas if I would just put it up, then it'd be you know it. Yeah. People probably wouldn't see all those negative parts. No, yeah. yeah. I, most of the videos that go viral anyway aren't like anything special production-wise. Right. And and I think th- there's almost more trouble that you can have when you overproduce something, where it then mm-hmm. it just becomes too much of the slow motion, crazy camera movement stuff. Where you, then you're then you're missing what's cool about the thing. Then you're trying to over. You're trying to get too right. fancy. Right. Yeah. I think, too, I mean, I think you just need to show enough, at least for me, with doing, like, reels and shorts and stuff. And, like, going from just showing posts about what I'm doing to showing, like, a process. So, like, a mini version of our videos is, like, mm-hmm. just show enough that people understand the steps to where I got from one point to the next. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, really like that can be either a time lapse of everything, or it can be just a few seconds of each of somewhere in the middle of each step in the process. And that's kind of what I started doing over the summer was to just think about the whole process and when I would change and do something different I would get a few shots of that you know I just change the camera angle and get a shot that's like a minute and a half long and then I would figure out where in that minute of half of that me doing the next step in the process I could find a good three second clip that looked interesting right yeah. so it needed to, need to be interesting enough to show that thing but also have enough information in three seconds that people could understand you go from here to here to here to here to here and then you come away with this end product because i think that's the benefit of reels and shorts and things is that you're actually able to show the process and you can show the process with pictures as well like a you know steps along the way and i do that often enough but there was something kind of fun and different about creating it that way so i think my main thing was like as long as i can change the angle change the camera angle each time (laughs) and just show a piece of that step in the process then it kept it interesting at least for me to make it that was kind of i think the hurdle of me getting into doing like shorts was that i they weren't doing what i wanted them to do and then eventually i saw something where they did and i was like oh i can do that like i could do something similar to that because that that does the same type of thing that we want to do for our videos. I thought. Hmm. But yeah, I yeah. I 
it's it's tricky. Um, now, Adrian, hot tip that I gave Dustin was <laughs> was when you're like, yeah, if if you feel like something's getting stale, I think it's I don't know the exact degrees, but it's to avoid just the constant standard shots to, in, that that will lead to jump cuts, which is actually totally acceptable now. But you just want to shift. 30 degrees any which way it could be up down left or right but that that movement feels natural and then that just slowly moves people around the area too showing all sides but then it's just a nice way to think oh where do i want this next shot and if you can't think of it the perfect shot just move it 30 degrees anyway and then work for a bit and then and then you can go any way you could you could go back 30 degrees it doesn't matter but as long yeah. as you you're doing you're doing that shift, it's it's a it's a comfortable way for people to. It's like a traditional rule. Mm. Right. I was about to say my brain works in the kind of way that like it'll remember that like that it only needs to be a certain amount. You know. So mm-hmm. Right. It's actually a pretty yeah. good yeah. tip. Yeah, that's that's like what you've said in the past, Evan. That a lot of like knowing how to do something well is just understanding the trick. You know, yeah, you a little trick. trick for it, you know, like, so there's just a little trick here and there on some of these things like, yeah. oh, I can, you know, you're like, oh, I can never do it. And then someone tells you the trick and you're like, oh, okay, I could do that. Yeah, that just, makes just sense. Sh- shift know? the camera 30 degrees in any direction and that will avoid jump cuts and that will just keep uh, the interest flowing, I think, you know, in, in mm-hmm. shot variety. Yeah. 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 I wonder like, you know. Um, I think also it might be, you know, the, the environment. Cause I think that's important too, is like having an environment that, um, that isn't, I don't know. It's, uh, what do I want to say? Like interesting like, to look at, you mean like a background? Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. Um, you mean like I don't not know, a dirty like, bedroom or a bathroom? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know though. Maybe not. You know, it's like, I don't know. Like. I think the environment is inspiring, you know, so like when you get into a space that you like being in, then you don't mind showing it off. And, um, you know, when I, when I, when my shop gets really messy, then I, I get self-conscious about like the angles that I'm showing. So if the shop is clean yeah, and the space is nice, then I'm like, then I'm excited to like show it from all different angles and stuff because I feel like, you know, <laughs> it represents what I want it to represent. So that's like, maybe that's something too, you know, cause like I always say, it's really nice having to shoot, a, you know, YouTube videos in my shop because I have to keep my shop clean because otherwise it would yeah. just like consistently get messy and all the like surfaces would get covered, which they do anyway. But at least I have to keep it some modicum of cleanliness, you know, so we can shoot down. Modicum. It's not like nice. not crazy. I'm like, <laughs> Good <word>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. All right. But so you need to have a beautiful like farm spot like adrian has and then it looks good from every <laughs> angle <laughs> right. right an old barn you know shop like fields yep fields, yep yeah. just get yourself an old barn <laughs> you can never go wrong with that people love mm-hmm. making things love yeah. old barns <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> all right well we have adrian like i said back with us adrian from hickory homestead creations we had her on two years ago in february and this was following up after um our first maker camp of 2021 um and uh we're super excited to have you back it's been a while since we well it's 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 been a while since we have you in the podcast obviously but it hasn't been all that long since we've seen you because i saw you at maker camp this year and then yep. we both saw you at your uh friends of the farm event which was super cool last yep. year so welcome back 
Good to have you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Maker Camp this past year, man. What a uh, rainstorm, huh? Oh my gosh, that was uh, it was epic. <laughs> that will that will always go down as like the crazy rainstorm year. Everyone will be like, "Oh, I remember that year. It was nuts." Yeah, yeah Maker Monsoon at twenty three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Those are the two. Re- there's two reasons. I'm. I mean, other than just missing it, that I was upset about missing it, was one, everyone's bonding experience of this monsoon <laughs> that I'll, I'll hear about forever. Like, <laughs> oh, you had to be there. You just don't know. And then, yeah. and then the fact that Dustin took no video or photos of him um, <laughs> shooting and his setup and all you guys in the tent and the stuff. stuff. There is no record that any bow making ever happened last year. It's been wiped, it's been, it's been wiped from history. That's definitely a very uh, first year like uh, demonstrator rookie mistake thing. And I'm still like two years in and I'm making the same mistakes too. I'm like, and I even have like the frog pod and stuff. And you think like, okay, just slap it on one of these metal poles here and, you know, just press record and just get the whole thing. But I never think about doing that. I'm just so focused on getting ready for the actual, you know, event and whatnot. But yeah, no, this, this past year, Though taking Grayson was a, um, it, it was it, it was a challenge in of itself, and then to throw in yeah. the uh, rainstorm, it was <laughs> oh uh, one to go down in the books forever. I don't. You guys, it'll know, be very. You had hard. a killer setup. You had a killer dry setup. Yeah. Tell us about your uh, yeah. how you were camping. Yeah, so uh, I actually, this was the first year that I didn't sleep out of a tent, um, and that was because of the fact that last year it was so cold, and so this year I knew that I was taking my (laughs) son, and so I uh, went ahead and got on Amazon, and I ordered a... um, a air mattress like set up for the back of your um like cab of your truck and stuff so i took my mom's truck up it was a ford f-150 pickup truck so it was all loaded full of everything that i needed for scroll stall demos and like staying overnight and camping and stoves and all that good stuff and um so i set up the air mattress and whatnot and then i ran an extension cord from the woodworking tent into uh my truck and then like had like a power bank set up in there and so whenever the rain just you know whenever the rainstorm hit i just put the windows up so that the rain guard protected the cord and whatnot and it kept it completely dry inside we didn't get like any sogginess or anything so it was a really uh it was it was a really awesome setup and we stayed warm with a heated blanket mint yeah yeah, that was that was awesome. When I was like, when you had that set up, and I got there, and you like just open the door, and you get the air mattress in there, and the bed in the back seat. <laughs> yep. I was like, oh man, definitely jealous yeah. of that. Although I did stay, I did stay dry. My tent, the I had that like um, tarp bottom. To, it's just like a yeah. Coleman ten by ten yeah. uh, dome tent, but that tarp bottom, you know, works remarkably well. There are a few spots where actually the rain was like dripping in from the from above me, you know, like where the fly touches mm-hmm. the surface oh, and stuff. So. But it was just like little drips here and there. So, you know, the amount of rain, I stayed pretty dry. Our, our, our buddy Sean, who went up with us, he um, his tent was not waterproof. Fortunately, he was up no. on an air mattress. So he, st- he stayed dry, but like everything Why? else, his tent got Why soaked, wasn't his so. tent waterproof? Yeah. I, just an old backpacking tent, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have that, like, uh, that handy dandy um, tarp bottom, you know, tarp bowl yeah. bottom. But, Man. yeah, I know. Yeah, but he, it was funny. So, like, 
the I think the second or the third night he actually slept inside the um inside the shipping container. So like we had the shipping <laughs> container for for the archery range and he he just took his tent and slept inside. He was like, ah, you know, I'm just gonna sleep inside. I was like, Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe that's when we should all just stay in there next year and just but my <laughs> right, my exactly. snoring would reverberate and like <laughs> rattle the place. <laughs> be a good sound around a wall. <laughs> And then we had an awesome uh, setup with just like, again, you know, all the campers, everyone who's now been there a couple years. And I think each year it's going to get better and better with our little village of, of uh, you know, in the trees campsites there and stuff. So we had lots of lots of people who were all on board for basically creating this like little family village of campers, which was awesome this year. Unexpected for me, but super awesome. Yeah, I um, I actually am going to reach out to Austin. Well, I I already did um to just confirm that I'll be back again this year as yeah. a demonstrator um for a scroll song. But I also said that I w- had some ideas for the camping section that I wanted to talk to him about, and oh. so um I'm definitely going to, and I'm because I told him that I wanted to do like a zoom session kind of thing. So I would definitely be open nice. to having like multiple people who like all stayed in the camping section to like meet, yeah. you know, have like a little meeting with him and talk to him about some improvements, you know, just from the people that stay there, you know, cause I know a couple of people got right. parked in and stuff like that. And, you know, oh, so damn. I think there right. just needs to be some like order to back there right. now that it's starting to like pick up some momentum. Yeah, because because we got there this year. Sean and I got there uh, Thursday night, like at midnight, and it was already yeah, full. Like, Damn. Yeah, I know because I was crazy. there Thursday morning, and like same thing. I was just like, dang. By the time I was already rolling up, I was like, this is already getting full, and I was here early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. I think everyone's just like, you know, people who are brave you know and like okay to brave the weather and camping or like oh that's i can just do that that's way cheaper that's just included in my ticket so why not yeah but yeah yeah, that's how i was from day one yeah yeah yeah, us too right that's we were like well yeah if we can camp we can camp that's cool and then of course like when we found that it was right on the edge of the whole site there's not a better spot than that Mm mm-hmm yep yeah i so what are a few sneak peeks are you gonna suggest other than like a maybe more orderly like parking setup um we want to have like a whole like camping area camp kitchen setup um because there is like those whole wash basins and stuff there's like that whole big fire pit over in that one section so i think if we can have it a little more organized we can have more like planned you know meals because us campers over there we usually don't get the meal passes you know so if we can Mm -hmm. all just come together Mm -hmm. instead of people buying food like especially like the people that come from over the border and stuff like that from canada you know Mm -hmm. they have to pay a lot of money to get that food so you know it would and ryan ended up giving me a lot of his like leftover stuff because he couldn't take it back over the border with him you know so that's a lot of to to me that's a lot of his money wasted when if you just Mm. like pull in and say here's like 20 bucks to chip in just like let me you know eat on your meals or whatever then i think that's way better kind of deal than you know what what does end up uh, happening <clears throat> yeah because yeah but you're, you're right every i i think everyone you do all end up spending a little bit too much like dustin and i would buy 
like 150 bucks worth of stuff like from walmart on the way down and maybe not that much but it was at least like 100 bucks right thus so it's like yeah mm-hmm. 50 bucks each and then we <laughs> after we're splitting up all this food so all of a sudden i have a pack of mm-hmm. like 100 granola bars <laughs> and like a giant <laughs> giant bag of beef jerky and like and like 30 yoohoos or something it's like i I don't know what i'm gonna do with all this (laughs) right Right. yeah but i think so like so this year we had you know which i think i know you had part in organizing it and some of the other people who were there organized like kind of bigger group meals each night so yeah like and then you guys you know sean and i didn't really know about it and you guys were all generous enough to be like hey you know we're gonna we're you know all the campers are welcome like we're doing a big meal here so we didn't end up going to the cafeteria except for like i think for one breakfast or maybe like the first morning um because we had all the meals there and so like and you know this year i think that's an awesome thing to do and i think everyone you know every i guess everyone who has like done it in the past maybe maybe the goal or at least what I would think would be kind of cool is that like we, we who have done it in the past know that, okay, now we'll bring stuff along to pitch in for meals at night. And then if there are new campers there that haven't done it before, then you welcome in it, welcome them in, right? Hey, come on in. You know, yep. we've got food, we've got enough for everybody. And then the next year, yep. then they pitch in as well. Right. So it can keep growing, but you don't feel like if you're there and you didn't know it was happening, you're still welcome to be part of it, you know, and that's, that's the way we felt this year. We were like super grateful that like everyone was so welcoming and that Sean and I weren't planning on that, but you guys were like, Hey, we already had this kind of in the books. We know it's going to happen. We've got food. Come on over. There's enough for everybody. So, yeah. So the craziest part, the craziest part about that is like Kristen and I, we didn't even know each other really before that day. So before we Mm. met, whenever we were both pulled up on like Thursday or whatever day, because I think they got there like the day before me or whatnot. We didn't even know each other. We didn't talk. We didn't coordinate that we were having these group meals. We kind of just came together and said, hey, I'm having pasta night. And she's like, "Okay, well, I have this stuff. And I'm like, and I have all this stuff. Let's do these group meals. And we made it work from day one to the end yeah totally unplanned (laughs) and that was the thing like i know that you planned to have like the pasta dinner thursday night yeah i mean that was was the only thing that was like really planned yeah Mm-hmm. Right. But that was like, that was just you offering it up as a like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. So like we knew yeah. that was a possibility. But but then, yeah, that's that's so cool that everyone just kind of like pitched in. And <laughs> yeah. Everyone was like happy to do part of it. That was great. Yeah. Now, you you know, yeah. though, if we make this really great thing about how you only got to pitch in like 10, 20 bucks, <laughs> our super crowded camping area is going to become <laughs> a super, super, super crowded camping area. So what do we do about that? Well, you know, as long as uh, everybody just contributes, because that's what happened last year. I mean, like even there's people that were staying in Airbnbs that they didn't have yeah. the meal passes and stuff like that, because um, they're part of the makers stoop, like most of my um, you right. know buddies over there and whatnot. So, and <clears throat> they were part of the you know Boston night invite kind of thing, mm-hmm. and you know, so it wasn't really just only to the campers because. If you didn't get, you know, pretty much if you didn't get a room, you didn't get a meal pass. Excuse me. Right. Yeah. And um, so uh, so I wanted it to be like a fair opportunity that if anybody, because usually if you're cutting corners, the first thing you're going to cut is your food. Like, I just know that. Mm -hmm. And I'm. I'm the person I love cooking for one and I can make, I can take a lot of <laughs> food at like 
a very inexpensive cost and make a lot of things with it and feed a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I think, uh, like what what you were saying, if, you know, if there's a conversation about how to organize that area better, I think the, you know, the organization of where tents go can be much more organized, right? It doesn't have to be like lines, but it could be like, okay, in this area is all tents, right? So then people can be closer together. You can kind of get, tents in with little rows and stuff and then like you said maybe there's an area that's like a big food area right where so so people aren't set up right around the the fire pit so then the fire pit can be open or then the like you know then maybe like you guys had a like a nice you know couple tents thing set up with the screens and all to create a little you know thing to sit underneath the picnic bench so if we get like a couple extra benches Mm -hmm. back there and we get you know Maybe, who knows, maybe Austin gets a tent that's a little bit bigger for like an eating hall, you know, could have like the grand hall, you know, and see. Well, so that's what one of the, one of the campers is talking about bringing one of those, the bigger hard Mm. canvas tent for back there, as Mm. long as Austin would allow it so that we could eat, have a tent to eat under. Yeah. You know, it'd be nice if, if you, just to open that area up a little bit, move the fence that's usually there, move that over another 25 to 50 yards then you double the space of the camping area Mm, and you're not losing anything on that other side of the fence because that whole area was kind of so open anyway i mean you mean on the uh the fence the the fence on the fence field yeah because the the field it's like the small hill that goes down and there's a fence right there right Right. yeah but i think the fence kind of runs right into the um what was that? It the was the um, tent that was there. Not that. Well, the woodworking tents on that side, but I'm talking the um, the restoration tent that was right. in four yeah. inches of water. Yeah, but couldn't yeah, so right, exactly. Sh- yeah. Couldn't we just move? Yeah, just move that corner that's there now. That corner would right. just be moved 25 yards. So you still set up all the tents because you have room that way. We don't have room pushing the well, camping site the other way. Right. So yeah. they had a um, they had a big box truck up there with uh, all the wood mm. from the wood supplier. Mm. Oh right, yeah. Which I'm yeah, sure yeah. is going to be there I again. Mean, yeah, or even if even if it's just like there's a different area to park the vehicles that people are using when they're camping, right? Yeah. So it's not in the yeah. same field because then it just opens it up a ton. Or there's just like a, a line, you know, he puts up like a orange fence or something. And so you pull up to that orange fence and you can fit in 50 cars or whatever, 25, 30 cars. And then you just have everything on the other side of that is there for tents. Cause people like pull mm-hmm. in like you did and like we did. Like Everyone me. just kind of pulls yep. in to your spot. Yeah. And then you all set up around it and that's fine. That's worked fine in the past. But as that area grows, I think it would be cool to like, like you're saying, yeah, I think there just needs to be a discussion of how we can, you know, optimize that space to make it the most accessible for everybody. Yeah, because it definitely filled out from even the previous years. Right. I couldn't believe how many people were there last year. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You know, it's it's like, yeah, it's the little like secret, you know, best deal of maker camp. (laughs) You're camping right there. You can't get any closer to the action. It's awesome. And, you know, for me, having, having the, the archery range inside of the, um, the shipping container right there and then having, you know, my stuff set up right on the other side was really nice. So things I wanted to like put away, I can put away easily over into my area. Um, so there's definitely like a benefit of being that close to it, but, uh, 
that was the other thing, man. We, you and I got lucky being in the, under the tent that we were, that woodworking tent, because I think that was mm. the only tent that stayed relatively dry because everything else uh, was like being up in the tennis courts. Uh, so I will have a backup plan for next year because, uh, this year, unfortunately where, oh, there goes the furnace. Unfortunately, where they uh, <laughs> set me up at was in that corner. So naturally oh, by man. the time that most of the rain has, you know, taken place, the water eventually just keeps running down and like any leaks that would have happened at the top of the canopy or whatnot have all drained down on the edge and they're just... Oh, yeah. My saw was getting dripped on. Other people's saws were getting dripped on. I was like, and I'm done. I didn't hold any demos at all Saturday. I kind of was just yeah, in I... like damage control. I was getting all the right. cords up out of the water and just making sure nobody was getting electrocuted. <laughs> I had I had like I pulled in my table so they were like further away from the from the edge, and I had where like my draw horse was, and I was doing demos. There was like a little spot maybe you know like a three foot circle that was kind of dry right around there and as i would stand there and i'd be working on the bow there was like one drip above me that kept dripping right down onto my draw horse so i had to like shift it a little bit but i had like one little dry spot in that corner you know then there would be like like you said all the water would run down the edge of the uh of of the tents and it would build up on the edge and then people would be walking around with the with like two by fours and stuff like pushing the water off so you'd get these like huge splashes and water be all over everything it was mm-hmm. yeah not the greatest setup but i think again like i think out of out of all the places i think we had probably the driest area only because it was up on the uh up in the tennis court oh up on the, the yeah well, the plateau the island yeah <laughs> right exactly <laughs> Oh man, it was. Wild. Oh, but honestly, like that, yeah, it, that that was uh, quite a learning experience. Yeah, for everybody <laughs> involved. And then when we all came to uh, your place for uh, yep. for friends on the farm, we also had a, a rainy experience. Got rained but down. That was not bad at all. Yeah, that was yeah. good. You had you had the like you had the big fire fire going, and that kept on raging all through whatever rain we had, and we had a couple of the, the like ten by ten pop ups and stuff, and. Yeah, it was great. just like put them side by side. Yeah, and all hung out near the fire. That was so much yeah. fun. That was that was a blast. And like, you know, fun small group. We got to meet Pete and Emma for the first time, which was really cool. And then, you know, like yep. I've been able to stay in touch with them and they're having a little baby they just announced. That's I fun. know. Now they're Aww. having a little baby. <laughs> I'm so excited for them. <laughs> they're they're so like I don't know, almost the like like cheesy cute like but, Jeez, I but know. knowing them <laughs> but knowing them and having chatted and talked with them for like hours. They're like they're the like, most humble they're, they're and like so, yeah. Yes. They're just so fun and fun loving yeah. and easygoing and like caring people and loving and friendly. Like what comes across in the videos is exactly who they are. It is like so yep. fun. Like I'm like I just man, absolutely like their little love like dance MRT. thing. <laughs> yeah. That and that's great. exactly that how they are like and even in like real life because like whenever i was because this was the first year that like i drove myself to maker camp and so mm-hmm. i was like and because gracie was coming with me and i'm like okay this and it was the only vacation i was getting all year and i was like okay well now grayson's <laughs> going with me i was like so we're making a road trip out of it and um <laughs> so i stayed overnight um because grayson and i we left Tuesday after he got out of school. Nope. Ended up being 
Wednesday, really early Wednesday morning. It was originally supposed to be Tuesday, but we left really early Wednesday morning and got to Pete and Emma's and stayed overnight at Pete and Emma's and got to like see the shop, see the house, like hang out and everything else like that. And then I drove to Maker Camp from there, which was a really short and easy drive. Um, But they, I mean, she's just so adorable. Like I got up really, I was the first (laughs) one up in the house and she had like little notes written everywhere like here's the you know here's the cereal for breakfast and here's how you make coffee and it's already set and the creamers are in the fridge and i was like oh my gosh this is just too much it was just absolutely adorable too cute it was she was the best house like hostess person i've ever like stayed at their home it was great yes it's so much fun like i said it's it's fun after like cuz i i had seen some of Pete's stuff before i met him but not really much like i didn't know him much and then like meeting him and then you know f- following along a little bit more and then Emma's as well and like if i didn't if i hadn't met them like the way they are on camera would seem like uh, like they're pushing a personality more but it's really not yeah. it's just like that's that's right. who they are they're just these, like super yep. sweet fun people and it's and that's like even much more more heartwarming i'm like oh you're just pete nema just be a pete nema <laughs> i mean it gives you like faith that humanity really is still there like you know what i mean like that there are yeah. really still yeah. good people out there it's not all fake you know, right. not right. saying yeah. that they portrayed to be fake or anything, but you know, it's very yeah. hard to see people these days and go, is that really how your life is? Like, cause right. I think that's exactly. why I don't like posting about my life is like my life for the past year is like very messy and just very, right. there's, you know, things that happened that weren't very good. You know, like I had an alpaca right. die and you know, I had an alpaca get very sick and you know, yeah. I, I had all these things that felt like failures and, you know, I just, I didn't know how to talk about them or how to share them or if anybody right. even really cared, you know, <laughs> like there's also that where you like, you post something and it's just like three likes, you know, you're like, yeah, because everything, everything we see is people like going viral and showing crazy things and super successful and everything like looks perfect, but you're only seeing that like tiny edited part of their life. You know, and, and like you said, most people are showing the good stuff because that's the stuff they think people want to see, which most of the time it is. And I don't know if that's yeah. a good thing or a bad thing. Like people want to see, you know, <laughs> like they want to use social media as a way to get away from their own life that isn't always perfect like that. But that's the thing. Everyone's life is like that. You know, everyone has those things. And like, you know, so I think, you know, in a, in a small way when we do our YouTube videos and we show little mistakes and stuff, we include them because like, that's the reality of it. Now, obviously of course we're editing, you know, whatever hours and hours of work down to 40 minutes or less, but Mm -hmm. occasionally there is that reality of like, yeah, this is what it is. And that's why like, I also, as we do more things, I like to go back to do the simple things. I like to show the simple things because not everything has to be like way better than the last thing. You know, it's not like you have to, every time you're like always aiming to like get twice as good as you were for the last one. Like I just made these little, um, Viking EDC knives and you know, like i made them so quick. I made them in two days. I made five knives and, and I was like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like it can, it can be a little bit off and it can be a little bit organic. And you know, I've done really clean and like perfect things. And I think there's like a benefit to that, but there's also a benefit to just like having fun and making something and, you know, doing it for the, the love of making it. And, 
and maybe like you know, I was drilling holes in the wood to put the hidden tangs of the knives in, and some of the holes weren't perfect. And that was like, that was okay. You know, it didn't matter. Like, it's not going to affect the use of the knife at all. And so, like, I just showed what I was doing, and, you know, like, that, you know, using, like, um, metal files for making knives, that's something that I did when I very first started. And so, like, in the grand scheme of knife making, that's something you don't do after you've like you've done you know known steel and you know how to heat treat it, you know how to do it well. You don't go back, you don't regress back to like a very first thing. But I mean, regress. why not? You know, like I like metal right. files still make okay knives and saw blades make okay knives. And if that's what you need and that's what you're working to, then like you can go back, go forward, go anywhere. You know, like I think we should we should feel okay to make things that we enjoy and not have to do like not have to you know follow the prescribed like you know motions of of makers and what we see you have to remember that dustin we're on like day five of a shoot and you decide (laughs) to redo something (laughs) i'm like no just we can finish it tonight you're like no i gotta gotta do it again (laughs) that's like when i'll be like knitting a hat and my mom's like oh you just unravel that and I'm like, what? Are you a are you a serial killer? What is wrong with you? <laughs> what do you mean? Just you, you just pull it? Pain? You just unravel it? <laughs> sadistic sicko. You know how long you? this just took me? <laughs> <laughs> I know Nicole does that all the time. She'll like make a mis- she'll realize that something was a mistake, and it's like you know, ten rows back. And ten rows doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're knitting ten rows, and each row is you know a like a 10 inch, you know, circumference circle like that. That's, you know, a couple hours of work or potentially, you know, like, depending yeah. on what you're doing. Like, <laughs> you're like, shit, then, I might as well then, just go to bed now. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then you're like, you're unraveling it. Then you have to re-put it on the needles. You have to know how to do that without fucking it up. You know, it's like, man, when she goes back and does right. this stuff, I'm like, Phew, all right, God bless you. But that's like, <laughs> that's yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's when you go back to restart sanding something on another grit. Like you switch right, belts exactly. and you go backwards. Yep. I'm like, no. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, look at all the scratches, though. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go back. <laughs> Dude, so I was, um, I have, uh, so I did a market. I, um, mm. two weekends ago, I did the first market of the year and it actually panned out to be very good for me. I sold mm. this like coffee table that I've been hauling around to every market last year. And finally nice. the first market of the year, I sold it. Um, and the lady was like, so there was two ladies there. One lady ended up buying it. And then the other lady that was there, she's like, well, I, I like this, but I need something taller. And so I tried to sell her this American chestnut table that I had, that I made mm. and it's in my garage. But it wasn't the right height for her. And so she's like, I need to be 36 inches, which is a really odd height for a table. Yeah, but yeah. whatever. I, It's custom. I will make you whatever you want. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I uh, started getting pulling all this reclaimed uh, boards that my neighbor dropped off. He's like, hey, I have this whole stack of wood. If you don't want it, I'm going to burn it. I'm like, OK, yeah, sure. I'll take it. So he brings it over, dumps it off in my barn. You know, that lovely barn you guys all love. And (laughs) so I just, like, went over there, and I started pulling some boards and stuff, and I started sanding them down. So I have four, you know, uh, boards pulled for the top, and they're already, like, cut down to length and stuff, and so I'm sanding them. And I'm on the fourth board, the last one, and I'm sanding it, sanding it. I'm like, 
this is black walnut. And I was oh, like, man. okay, shoot. <laughs> and I pulled that off to the side. I was like, this is not going to this table because the rest of it's been oak so far. And, uh, well, one of them actually, so two boards are oak and one's American chestnut. And so then I went into the, um, back into the pile. I grabbed out like two more boards. They were both also black, uh, black walnut. And then I pulled out another board that was American chestnut. So my neighbor literally just brings me like thousands of dollars of free, the best reclaimed (laughs) wood you could ask for. (laughs) <laughs> you gotta love like living in an area where like just the the level of you know of what people consider valuable changes you know it's like if someone yes. who's like has a farm and they need to take down a barn and put up a new barn or they need to fix a barn they don't care what the wood is they don't care if the old if the wood's old and rotted and it's got a bunch of nail holes like they're just gonna get rid of it like the value changes based off of what you like, you know? So that's one of the things that I try to think about when like I like something and I want to like sell it for a certain amount, like that's one thing. But if someone else doesn't have that same perspective, you have to like, you have to get them to understand why that has that value, but understanding and having like knowing that someone else may not have the same value. If you have the right like connections or if you know the right people, you can be like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm willing to pay you what I think is fair, but also I know that, you know, you don't, you don't have the same value as that. So where can we come somewhere in the middle that makes it fair for both of us? You know, you feel like you got something good out of it. And I feel like I got something good out of it. Like, that's what I try to do with, uh, you know, like when you go to so yard sales or tool sales or something, if I'm looking for something, you know, someone's like, what, I don't know what it's worth. What do you, like, well, what, this one I could give you. What do you feel right. is a good, a fair percentage gap? Like, let's say you see a tool you want and you've been looking for it and it's been $200 everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't really want to spend 200 bucks on this certain tool. How low does it get before you tell that person, hey, let me give you a little bit more for it. So is All it right. like it's a $200 tool and they knew nothing about it, so they're selling it for 10 Do you just give them the 10 or do you go, here's 20 bucks? Or is it like Yo, if they're selling I'm for poor, dollar? here's the 10 Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, I will say so. But in so all honesty, I, I've also gotten ripped off by a meth head on an $80 miter saw, so... Uh, yeah, mm. I'll do the 10 all day. <laughs> yeah, you're you're just trying to recoup some of your... Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, I told... So when I got my my anvil, which is a Sawyer's anvil, so like a saw maker um, anvil, it's a 260-pound 200, anvil, um, and I got it from a guy. I posted on um, the local... I don't know if it was Facebook Marketplace or Nextdoor or whatever... I just posted that I was looking for an anvil because we live in kind of farm country. And I'm like, maybe someone has an old anvil in a barn that they don't care about and they're willing to sell it to me. And so I just said, I'm looking for an anvil. Like I'm local. I don't have a lot of money to spend. Anvils are really expensive right now in the market. And I'm looking, hopefully maybe somebody has something and you're willing to help someone else in the community. And so a guy reached out and he said, I have this anvil. It's been sitting around in our shop for, um, a long time it hasn't been used just been sitting in the corner you know collecting dust so he's like come down to my shop it's down in baltimore so i went down and um when i got there he's like here's the anvil and and we had actually talked back and forth beforehand and i was like well what do you want for it he's like well i have no idea what it's worth like 
I don't really care. And I was like, okay, I was like trying to feel them out. I'm like, well, maybe we do some type of trade, you know, like I can make something and give it to you if that sounds good. Right. Cause then there's a different type of value to that mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we kind of went back and forth. And so I was just like, how about a hundred bucks? And he was like, great. Sounds good. Like, and I think in his mind, it's just like, this chunk of steel that's taking up space and a hundred bucks is better than a chunk of steel that's taking up space. A hundred bucks always sounds good. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but the other thing is that in that conversation, he told me that somewhere in the shop, maybe another anvil. And he was like, it's one that's kind of got like the point on one side. He's like, I'm not sure what it's called. And so I'm like, okay, well that's more of a traditional anvil, you know, with a horn and you know, so, and what I told him, I was like, well, if you find that anvil, and and there's a name on it and it says something like it could be worth a decent a decent amount of money and I'm willing to look at it with you and if you want to sell it to me I'll buy it from you for whatever and if you want to make more money off of it I can help you identify what it is and then who you can reach out to to sell it to someone else for more money you know mm-hmm. so I like I made the first connection and I got like a good deal and then after that I'm like I'm I'd also be willing to buy another anvil if you want to tell, sell it to me for cheap to take it off your hand but I'm also willing to help you sell it for more if you want to try to get more money from it so that was the kind of consolation was that I had already made a good deal so I was willing to help him I also told him that you know I did say to him that the anvil that I bought from him could be worth a lot more if, like, he was interested in trying to sell it for more. And he was like, no, it's not, 100 bucks sounds good to me. So I, like, kind of made the, you know, I made the effort to be honest with him. But I do think that there's a level there where, you know, if, uh, it depend, like, maybe it depends on the person, right? If someone's, like, if their whole deal is selling things. Mm-hmm. And and they they have a bunch of different stuff and they have something for really cheap cheaper than it is anywhere else then like okay cool I'm I'm happy to buy that for whatever they're what they're selling it for, for sure. if it's you know someone who doesn't know what they have and they're like I don't know what do you think you know then I might give them an honest price or something or or try to like you know find a, a middle ground you know be like hey this is what it might be worth well, yeah but, or yeah if know. if it's something they have no idea like they're selling right. a record for like two bucks. You're like, right. well, I know it's really rare. It's like sixty bucks. Let me give you twenty bucks for it. Right. Well, I think a good point there is if you know there's someone who's always selling that type of stuff, if you right. give a fair price, or even if you give them a little bit more, then maybe it's just that good karma thing where then they'll come back to you anyway and just be like, Look, I found this other thing. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You said you like it. You can buy this one for 100 bucks too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did that, and if it's a lot of money, then then who knows? Then you're really trying to figure it out. But I did. Uh, we were looking for uh, tin, uh, tin ceiling panels, like you know the decorative ones you see in diners yeah, and stuff. Or yeah, stuff. Mm-hmm. and we like my wife and I could not. We just wanted one for this one little spot in our house. Um, and you mm-hmm. can't, you know, it's something so specific, and I think maybe it's like in fashion right now. So. Like, you can get them on Amazon for, like, 50 bucks for, like, one. And half of them are, like, plastic. You know? All right. Jeez. Mm-hmm. And we and we went to a little flea market, and a guy was selling a whole pack of them. They were, like, 
three by three feet and a couple metal signs. And he was like, I was like, how much for these uh, tin ceiling panels? And for the pack of four or whatever, five, he was like, I don't know, a dollar. <laughs> and I had known that we were just, we were just looking at one plastic one for $50. <laughs> uh, when we were like, wait, I was like, for all of them? He's like, yeah. Because it was just something he had extra of. Because they must have done some project, you know, back right. back in the day. Yeah. And I didn't go crazy, but I was like, here's five bucks. <laughs> like, right, yeah, exactly. At least right. let me give you a dollar a piece. And you don't have to break your change. I appreciate it. They're worth a bunch <laughs> yeah. online. I think I said something like, man, we've been looking for a while. We've been looking for like seven months for this. And they were like, perfect. So I, I'm not, I wouldn't go crazy. But if right. you ask for a dollar and I know they're worth 50 bucks, <laughs> I'll give you five. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, sweet, I just made five bucks when I was only expecting to make a he's buck. He's like, oh, you know? man, hey, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's key, you know, knowing your audience, knowing if it's somewhere you're going to go back to, you know, if I find, like, a little antique store in, like... Maybe you can make know, a connection. K- Kentucky, you know, and I'm just passing through, Kentucky. and I find a deal. I'm not going to, like, try to offer up some other price for it. But, you know, if it's somewhere where I might go back to, and, you know, I want the person to know who I am, then, yeah, maybe you're like, oh, okay, you want, you know, I'll, I'll give you a couple, little bit more. You know, I'll give you 10 bucks instead of 5 bucks because I know it's worth a little bit more, and, you know, keep me in mind. Because remember next time me next like time, this. lady. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Your neighbor. It's like, yeah, just, you know, thanks for all the sweet wood. You know, I appreciate it. Here's mm-hmm. a, you know, here's something I made for you. Yep. Just remember me next time you've got all this, you know, another barn you're taking down that's 150 years oh, old. Oh, yeah. I give him, uh, <laughs> I give him free eggs. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that, and like, yep. you know, a dozen eggs is way, like, that, that he can use. <laughs> like, old wood. Oh, yeah. He doesn't care about. And especially, yeah. I mean, so like, it's like a great and, trade. And especially during around the um, around Easter time, I got the uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> easy Easter eggs as they call them because they're already multicolored. Oh, oh nice! nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Easter eggs. What uh? What what chicken? What types of chickens do you have? Oh my lord! Um, <laughs> I have twenty six total, and um, okay. so that there's a big variety there. Uh, okay. So everything so i i mean literally the eggs that i end up getting i have olive green eggs now i have blue green eggs i have very light brown eggs i have brown eggs i have dark brown eggs (laughs) like almost like a chocolate brown color you know so and right now i have five eggs in the incubator right now that are gonna hatch in about eight more days Oh, nice. my goodness. Oh, that's so cute. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I will you, have peeps here real real soon. Do you always get um, the same color eggs from the same variety of chicken? So the same breed of hen will always consistently lay the same color of egg. Yes. Is that okay. the question you're asking? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, you know, is it is it a variety like where you might you have a chicken a different that lays like time. a light brown egg one day and then you know a dark brown egg the next day? Or they are always going to lay the same type, and that you know whatever it is, like an Easter egg or a whatever, or you know, like I've right. seen so they, they'll they always yeah. 
Yeah, they'll always stay within that braid. Now, the only variance that you could get is, like, how you said, like, dark brown, light brown, or, like, sometimes you'll get, like, a lavender color, they'll call it. And that's all be based Ooh. on, like, the bloom, which is the protective okay. layering around the egg. And that sometimes can be very, like, thick, almost, like, so that it actually mm. changes the color of the egg. So it makes it look like a mm. purple egg rather than a dark brown egg or something uh, like that. So, yeah. Egg okay. signs. <laughs> yep. So, and so I'm very so excited because. God. Uh, so now I actually have, um, I have two females. Actually, okay. So I have three females and one. Um, she's not a year old yet. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, she was born May of last year, uh, Miss Charlotte. Uh, we lost Meriwether in December, oh. right before Christmas. Um, she these was my very alpa- first alpacas. Al- yep, yep, these are my alpacas. Uh, Meriwether was my very first alpaca that I ever uh, owned. Mm. I worked for her, so I never actually uh, paid mm. money for her. I, I bartered my time and uh, stuff for her. So it was very hard um, whenever, mm. you know, I lost her, but... I still have um, my other three boys, four boys? Yes, four boys. Uh, Donner, Cupid, Luther, and Elvin. And they are a handful. Now, Donner got really sick last year on my birthday, and he has been um, striving to get over that. Uh, He had a Mm. parasite that got into his... um, uh, like spinal fluid and caused neurological symptoms and stuff, which was like oh. showing symptoms like paralysis um, yeah. and like yeah. looking like a stroke victim kind of thing. And so, mm. but he's he's getting better. He did have one night here lately where unfortunately, you know, like he gets into these ruts out in the field and then he gets down and he can't he can't get the leverage to get himself back up. So I ended up finding him down in the field the next morning and like this is this is what my whole like past year has been pretty much since september um it's just a lot of this stress of like every day looking out and wondering you know is my alpaca down and Mm -hmm. then going into emergency you know gotta go out with shots and this that you know depending on how cold it is then i have to take out warm water and like caro syrup because you have to get get hurry up and get their um you know get their blood sugar up get their temp body temperatures up mm. you know so it's um it's a lot of the stress that i didn't know like i know farming is not easy <laughs> but literally i did not know it was going to be this hard and it's just it's yeah. it's wearing on a single person you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah, it's you. it's the um yeah, the everyone says or like you know you see a million Instagram things like I'm gonna do a homestead, I'm gonna be a farmer. It's like, it's not. There's nothing glamorous about it. It's, no. it's 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 pretty to look at from afar, but it is a lot of weird hours, weird, mm-hmm. um, yeah, animal things that you just can't. It just happens. Have you ever read um, All Creatures Great and Small? No. You should. It's um. I'm gonna write du- that down. Dustin, right now, Dustin knows it. It's um. It's a, a accounts of a British um, a vet in 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 England in like the 30s and the 20s. So when everything was kind of changing over, um, and the the real author 
was a vet and he kind of it's like half true half not but it's all these experiences of a of a vet in the english countryside but it's mm-hmm. all the stuff you're talking about where there's these really high highs where it's an amazing thing and you see these great turnarounds and then there's some really low lows that there's just even the farmers who have been doing it for 60 years that you know something yeah. happens to one of their animals and they, they just don't know and Sometimes you figure it out and sometimes you don't, but it's one of the um, funniest series of books I've ever read. Like I will actually laugh out loud, like reading the book. It's so well-written and so it's so good. Dustin, I mean, you know it too. Our our mom used to like read it to us. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. That's great. And there's a, I think there's like a BBC show that had a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah. 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 There's the author is James Harriet. Um, yeah, it's like, hmm. yeah, those, that's a good series of books. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think you'd relate and then get some, uh, some levity. It's actually a really good, really like positive uh, book. But there's definitely, yeah, those random things where he comes and he, he can't do anything, he, and they just don't know why yeah. some things happen. It just does. Yeah. So did I have so the? Have... Um, <clears throat> did I have the two? Go- did I have the two goats when you guys? No, were I was going to ask. I was going to ask about that. No, you did not. <laughs> yeah, so so I got two goats, Mo and Larry. Uh, I got them as <laughs> literal lawnmowers for my pasture. Um, and nice. <laughs> so one, so Larry has, his horns weren't burnt off correctly. So he has no horn on one side and like this wonky, like overgrown <laughs> toenail looking kind of horn. <laughs> on the other side and and then mo he's just the biggest dick and he's got both full <laughs> horns um and i like to grayson and i both we try to wrangle them and like grab his horns and stuff and that's like a game in and of itself and now we went to uh the farm show in pennsylvania this past uh january and we went to the rodeo and um, i we came up with the great idea that we're gonna rope the goats this year so... <laughs> nice oh nice yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah for sure uh-huh. so how many i just how, saw i was gonna say how many arrows have they found out there in the in the field where we shot i actually have one i have one it's a, i don't nice. i think it's in the gun safe right now but yeah i've only found one <laughs> nice nice <laughs> i was gonna say i just saw a uh a reel on instagram of a guy running through like a gauntlet of like 10 um 10 guys with lassos and he's like running as fast as he can and high stepping and they're all like trying to lasso his feet and like it's yeah. like four, he tries it like four or five times and he runs and just gets like hog tied each time and he like falls and he's, it's so funny he's like trying to run as fast as he can and they're just like whoosh, whoosh, everyone's throwing the stuff at him it'd be fun do a little goat wrangling <laughs> oh yeah oh, <laughs> Yeah, Grayson, <clears throat> Grayson, he's um, he liked the uh, bulls, and he kept telling me that he was going to go ride them bulls whenever we were at the farm <laughs> show at the rodeo. I said, oh, no, you are not. You sit down in that chair. <laughs> we'll go ride so them you're bulls. crazy. Right? Um, all right, I, I got a couple random subjects before. I, I want to talk about... Uh, Dust, did we talk about last week about Penzik? Talking about maybe doing just... We, so... <laughs> Last week, for people who uh-huh. listened to last week's episode, we um, we did the whole podcast, 
and then we ended the podcast and then Devin and I talked for like another 20 minutes, which would have been a great after show <laughs> just because we were excited about Penzik. So go ahead, Devin. You can wait, <laughs> tell us. Okay. All right. Is. Before we get into that, that's wait, that's a little teaser. Okay. This, this okay. one thing I want to hit before we do, it's, it's kind of random, but I, I want to get all your guys' uh, um, what your answer is to this. I okay. saw a, I don't know if it was a meme or something on Instagram where they say all people you know you, everyone has their tool set whatever they have whether it's but when you pick one it's like you're picking the house in harry potter <laughs> so out of the tools between milwaukee dewalt ryobi and makita uh, which is which <laughs> oh which is like which is which, which is the house which house do you think corresponds with uh said brand so once again milwaukee dewalt ryobi Makita. Ryobi is definitely Slytherin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That's funny. <laughs> Ryobi is Slytherin. Well, I mean, but so, okay. So you should I give mine first? Yeah. Let me, let me give you mine and then you guys well, can. Well, before you do that. So right. Ryobi is, is like a, is a lesser brand. Like, yep. so, but whatever. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. You're right, and I don't think necessarily Slytherin is a lesser house. Like they're strong. They right. may not be good, but they're still strong. Okay, here, here's mine. Right, Milwaukee, and that's because that's what I have have chosen. Right, is Gryffindor. <laughs> Dewalt is Slytherin. Ryobi is Hufflepuff. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and Makita is Ravenclaw. <laughs> I could see that. He, he, that's a here's good my. Here's mine. Yeah. Milwaukee, I think, is a generally known as a good, strong brand, and I have them, so I'm going to pick them as Gryffindor. DeWalt, <laughs> people shit on them, and they're a little like it. They they shit on them, but they're also good and expensive, kind of. You know, so it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you have DeWalt. They've been yeah, good yeah, long yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah everyone has that. DeWalt. Blah blah blah. So you, you get those, yeah. and I think they have a little edge of evil. So Slytherin, <laughs> Ryobi, Hufflepuff. <laughs> people make fun of Hufflepuff. People make fun of Ryobi, so there you go. And Makita, right? That's is why I laughed. Of, <laughs> yeah, and, right. And Makita is kind of uh, in, a, in a Japanese company. It's like a more like if you want it's the smart there. brand, it's like Makita's always <laughs> been kind of good, kind of like kind of a a smarter brand to get. Not the coolest color, but it's <laughs> it's a smart brand. That's that, that was my four. I yeah. I can see that. That's some deep I think thought. That works. Yeah, <laughs> you re- you yeah, definitely put I, some I, thought I, into that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My my like my go to drills and drivers are all Makita. You know, like I like Makita. Yeah, like they've been really good for me. Um, so is that your Gryffindor? Like, you think? No, no. I think it, I think you're right though. You know, because it is it is like it's not a Raven. It's not a Dewalt or a Milwaukee. Um, what else am I thinking about? No, yeah, that's. I think that's really it. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think I think Milwaukee is having its heyday right now. You know, that's like it's definitely it, they're doing a lot of stuff that are making, um, you know, craftspeople and makers and you know, like um, blue collar people really happy with the different things they have with the pack out stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so they're like they're in their mm-hmm. heyday. They're they're strong. Everyone trusts <laughs> in them. You know, it seems like everyone's on board. And then Ryobi, I could see that right because they're just kind of like okay, yeah, they're like the 
you know, They're if you're like a, a DIYer, bit. you know, you're okay with it. You know, it's not, you don't need to be the absolute best, but they're good. <laughs> and DeWalt, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think DeWalt is Slytherin. I don't think any of them are Slytherin though. I don't know which one would be, I don't know what is Slytherin. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the only reason I said Ryobi is Slytherin is because they kind of like sneak up and th- then everybody has them. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah, you know, more people that, right. have them than what you actually think. Right, yeah, exactly. they they lure you into it. Like, oh, I can get you the saw for you know two hundred bucks less than right. what you would pay. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. you get this like, much oh, battery this. power for ninety nine dollars. Why spend? I know. I was thinking it was like it's like Harbor Freight, the Slytherin. You know, like <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Anything from that? Like maybe that's it. <laughs> hey, uh, but they're all about good. your friends and family, so I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shot. All right. Makers. I think I think that's about it. We can move on to. Uh, okay, so Penzik. Let's go. Penzik. <laughs> All right. So this conversation started because last week, Devin, you mentioned an event. You were like, okay, because because we last year we did some. Um, we did Nicole and I and Corinne did a l- some more stuff with. Um, um, <clears throat> what's it? Um, the, the SCA. No, the um, no. the event the what's the event we went to in Show? What's, no no I, why am i thinking um medieval renfest the Ren, renaissance festival thank you okay so we went to renaissance festival and we were getting a little bit more into it and so we've we've kind of talked about Devin, you and i have started talking about more recently in the last couple months about um going to the maryland renaissance festival next year through the lens of makers and also through the lens of our channel right so what do we go to? How do we, can we interview some people? Do we do behind the scenes stuff or is it like out in the front, you know, just like talking to different craftspeople who are at these events. Right. Um, and how do we talk? How do we do that? How do we shoot that? What do we do? And then last week, kind of right at the end of the podcast or right after the podcast, you were like, okay, well maybe we could do something other like that. And you mentioned, um, an event that was happening up in I think it's Canada. Bickle, right? Bickleine. Right. And um, and so I mentioned that I knew about an event that it was happened in Pennsylvania. I couldn't remember what it was called, so I kind of looked it up as we were talking. And that's what like we ended up talking for another like twenty five minutes or so after the podcast, mm-hmm. because we were both looking at Penzik. And so what Penzik is, is an event held by the SCA. So the SCA is the Society for Creative Anachronisms, which is the it's a group of people who wanted to reenact things from kind of the medieval time period to like knights and armor and chivalry and all that type of stuff. And they want to do some reenactments. So they started a group which has grown and grown and grown. And then over the years, so like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, right. Um, And so now there's an event that happens every year. And last year I think was the 50th year or the 51st year. Yeah. Last year was 50 um, of this event. And, um, so what Penzik is, is in the 70s. Well, why don't you say how you found out about it? Okay. So I found out about Penzik through going to an SCA event in Maryland. So in Maryland, um, so Nicole and Karen and I all like archery, which like we took up to your place, Adrian. We brought along our stuff and shot bows and yep. stuff. And so there's, um, there's a place in Maryland um, near us in Baltimore called Baltimore Bowman, which is an, like a place that has an archery range and things. And so we reached out to them to um, 
see how we could become a member of the Baltimore Bowman and use that that property to go and shoot. And um, so we went and took like an hour long class, which is like, you kind of come and you do this class and then you can, then you're kind of part of the group and then you can come and shoot the, the range they have there like more often. And so we went and we met a guy and he invited us to come back the next weekend or whatever it was, two weeks or something later that they were having. Um, so that, that wasn't an SCA event. That was just like an archery event. He was there as his normal persona, you know, his normal, he was his person, right? I think his name was Jamie mm-hmm. and he was teaching us with like a couple other people. And then he was like, you should come back in a couple of weeks. We're doing an archery event with the SCA, right? And so the SCA, like, you're going to come, you have to like, you have to dress up, you have to be in some type of costume and then you have to use time authentic bows. So like wooden bows, wooden arrows. Yeah. Nice. Um, and so we went back to that event. So we went and we spent the day, did the archery stuff on the day and we got to meet all these different people. Jamie was there and I, th- I forget what his, um, like his SCA name was, but he was like going by that and everybody else there was all dressed up in their, in their SCA names and the King and Queen of, of um atlantia of atlantia were there which is like the area that we're in here so that's the sca king and queen um so we we met a bunch of people and then someone there mentioned to us like you know about this big event that happens up in pennsylvania each year that's like the biggest event for the sca you know thousands and thousands of people come and that event is penzik so that so penzik is um what they call the Penzik War. So in the 70s, after the, the SA got started in the late 60s, in the 70s, the king of the Middle Kingdom, which is like the whole middle of our country, um, sent a letter to the king of the East Kingdom, which is the East Coast, <laughs> declaring war on the East Kingdom. <laughs> and, you know, theoretical, fun game war, right? So that that never happened. And then years later, the that person who is the king of the middle kingdom moved to New York and then subsequently became the king of the East kingdom. And then, so then he (laughs) found that letter that he sent from when he was the king of the middle kingdom declaring war on the East kingdom. And then, so, and then so accepted war on himself from himself. (laughs) (laughs) And so started Penzik. So Penzik is where they came together to have the Penzik war. So it's a two week event. Um, both mm-hmm. kingdoms, you basically do all these different reenactments. There's big battles, there's archery, and there's also these different competitions where you can earn points for your kingdom. And at the end, the different and there's so many different jobs and stuff that you take on, and yeah. and then you like right. you belong to clans, and but you have <laughs> to you have to know somebody to get in, like because you can't just like show up and be like, oh, I'm. I'm just Joe Schmo off the street here to join Penzik. You have to be brought along with somebody's clan. So, mm. so we don't. I want to say we, Dustin and I, we're going to talk about this either way, and we're hoping you'd be interested in it. And I mean, you are Pennsylvania, so there was a little bit of maybe she knows about it. So how, how do you? I know, know about, about this, it? and I know people that go. Ooh. Uh, okay. yes as soon as you said penzik i was like oh yes i've been wanting to go to penzik actually for a very for several years (laughs) yeah yeah so um, we we started talking about it last week and then all this week like we've been kind of messaging back and forth and nicole and i have been like looking up different stuff and thinking about a time period we want to represent and you know and then there's actually a local um a local group of uh, reenactors that reenact the kind of the 
northern seas, like so Scandinavian, English, and Irish uh, people from the kind of Viking era, so that okay, cool, yeah, um, and those that group is called um, it's like Neanders Wanderers, and it's it's got a pronunciation <laughs> that's not that, and they actually go to different um, craft festivals and things, and they mm-hmm. do reenactments for like a a uh, traveling sales kind of you know merchant group, and so they're actually mm-hmm. kind of local to us here in Maryland. So Nicole reached out to them, and so so we do have that like we we now cool. kind of have a little bit of in where there's a bunch of people that do yeah. that that are also part of the SCA, although they're a different you know they're kind of a different group, but. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to the SA and we stay with these groups. And we say, you know, we, we're going to Penzik and we're staying with this group and this group. So mm-hmm. so we might have a little bit of an so, in there. So, what, so. Adrian, so you know some people that, do you know, what, like um, kingdom or whatever they're in? No, I didn't know what kingdom that they were in. Um, but all I knew is that, like, they were, like, they were the musician. So, like, uh, everybody, no, like I said, like. Everybody, like, has their different jobs and stuff. Like, so some people are cooks and some people are gatherers and some people are knights. And, like, so when they talk about having, like, fights, they have, like, legit real sword fights. Like, so it's not like your big brother's LARPing, you know, with their foam swords and shields made (laughs) out of, like, cardboard. It is legit real swords. And there's, like, referees that run around and, like, you know, they declare whether you've been hit and stuff like that and throw you out of battle and you know so um so as much as I've ever heard you know like the person that I knew that went they weren't ever like a part of the battles because she was a she was a school teacher she was a music school teacher at that and that's why she was the musician like in her clan and stuff like that and that was part of what she did nice but she was definitely never going into battle <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Yeah, because so, yeah, you, you have to be a like a land. I forget the term, but you can get a chunk of land and then have a certain amount of people. So the way we get in is either we get enough people to go as our own group, or Ooh. we get in with we get Ooh. in with we we get in with like our county or our land and. I mean, Adrian, we'd let you in, but we're, you know, Maryland is the top of our kingdom. So I don't know what Pennsylvania is, but it's like, it's on the other (laughs) side of the border. I was just in Maryland yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) You're close enough where we'd let you in. I'm only an hour away from the main, not even, I was like over the Mason-Dixon line 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, so... You know, and this this week we've been like I've been watching different YouTube videos and stuff from people doing you know going to Pedzik or doing different events, and a lot of like what I hear is that that they're very very welcoming to everyone. You know, like once you're yeah. there, people are yeah. like super happy you're there. Like come on in, try it out. You know, like oh, if you're cool. new, there's like you could spend the entire two weeks just going to classes for new people for that are there, just there for the first time. Oh, that's good. You, know, you can go to like. You could do, you know, battles every day. There's areas that are like parties every night. There's merchant areas. <laughs> like you said, everything's got the, it's like these different like areas within Penzik, you know, and it's, yeah, it's 10,000 people, you know, every year. Yeah. It's crazy. a lot of people. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's insane. 
So, yeah, we're uh, we're kind of gearing up to to maybe do that this year, and also to do some content around that. So, yeah, whether we do some content at the event or we do some content leading up to the event, like preparing for it, you know, building whatever costume stuff or yeah, yeah, weapon stuff or tents or you know those type of things. So, yeah, I want to reach. I, I so I reach badly want to build a. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say I want to reach out to. <laughs> The event people, and then whoever we we contact, Dustin, and you're meeting up with some people, and we can like reach out to county people, just figure out how it goes. I want to be the least intrusive while shooting, right? But like, I know you can get like a media pass. We're not we're not media, but maybe we can like, hey, we're making a documentary about it, mm. or that's what we'd like to do. Um, like, I think it'd be great to like a a few parts or just like one 30 minute video on the experience. Um, and then Mm -hmm. focus in on a few different makers. Cause that's always right. That's our thing and maker camp. And so we go to someone who does the armor, someone who does the textiles, someone who makes like the scripts and the books, and then maybe someone who like brews beer. And that's like the parts of our video. Um, so yeah, I think we're just going to have to reach out to people. And, And if anyone is listening, and you want to yeah, email sure, us right? at the art of craftsmanship at uh, Gmail. Any yeah. tips or tricks? I've been watching YouTube like crazy, trying to figure out how it works, and I think it's something we should definitely all go to. And Adrian, you're, Dude, you're I would welcome love to, to make come a full along. Chainmail suit. Oh <laughs> man, that's crazy. Yeah, well, right? you, hey, you, you have your <laughs> um, awesome. you, you got your three D printer. There's a lot of cool. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of cool uh, 3D printed chainmail stuff out there. Uh, I know how to make chainmail just the old-fashioned way, link by link, that's baby. Take, that's My brother was a larper. <laughs> yeah, but you can't, uh, you can't just... wear fake. You can't wear fake chainmail. Sure, to you can. SCA no one knows. No yeah, one knows. as somebody <laughs> smacking your PLA chainmail with their sword. Don't touch me. I'm right in the shin. How much? PLA fumes I had to smell to print this thing out. <laughs> no, I'm about so to throw tolerance. this 3D printer in the fucking shithouse. I'm so over it. <laughs> oh, but that's man. just, it's, it's micro technology and I don't like it. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> but they so anyway, it it, it, I think, wait, were you, uh, were you going to say something about it? For, uh, when I, when Dust no, no, was no. at you. What? No, go ahead. <laughs> Dust was at you? You were going to say something. I think I interrupted you. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, just I think you know we're we're we were looking into um, making a tent or like buying a tent, you know, and trying to. Oh yeah, that's do right. And, that's... and Adrian said she really wanted to make something, a chainmail outfit. That's what she was getting to. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's cool. I like the idea of chainmail, but the that amount of repetition does not interest mm. me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's I'm like definitely knitting, as a maker, like metal. I like yeah, yeah. I could see that, right? I could see that, like, and and I I've I've learned how I knew I know how to knit. I learned how to knit, but that yeah, the repetition of that like that tedium is not my game when it comes to making. At least in right. that certain thing, you know, like mm. that's definitely some people's thing. But I'm like I don't know. Just maybe I could do you know I could do like 
a like a piece you know i could do like um like shoulder pads or something that would go in a leather garment you know like i could do little parts but mm-hmm. like making an entire shirt that just seems a little too tedious for my uh yeah just liking. just like protective like sleeves or whatnot for like right. even just like how lumberjacks have like the chainmail like insert like they're like chainmail right. flaps over the tops of their feet so they don't saw through their yeah. feet <laughs> right exactly right right yeah yeah, I could, you know, I could be down with like making a few pieces that go onto a bigger garment, but you know, as much as I, I don't mind some tediousness, I, I like to be able to get to the end of a project within a reasonable <laughs> amount of time, and I think that that's right. one of those things that could just be like take forever. <laughs> I think, I think my my character would be a guy with a big straw hat. And who and who can and who who gambles? I'll have games on me. <laughs> I'll have different dice oh and card stuff tricks. that I can yeah. I, I can gamble with people. Uh, I like can nice. see that. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. What is that? What is that person? Is that like a? Is uh, he like trash? A, um... He's trash. I'm just trash. <laughs> <laughs> just total trash. Just, just, just a. a I should be in yeah in the trashy area of whatever kingdom. <laughs> Trying to get people to gamble and drink. Ugh, just trash. Yeah. Yeah, I think you got to be down in the in the bogs or whatever in the marshes. That's where what's the, the what's happens. the Game of Thrones? Uh, um, flea bottom. That's me. Oh, flea, flea bottom. bottom. <laughs> yeah. So and, uh, anyway, think, yeah, I think yeah. we could we could either get a small group of people together or just make our way into something and then and then just maybe not go all out the first year. Just figure it out. Maybe get like a cool canvas tent. But other than that, and dress up, obviously, I want to be a part of it. Once you're in it, you're definitely not right. going to be the one guy. You don't want to be the person in, in shorts and a t-shirt. And, right. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, yeah, I definitely think it'd be fun. I think, uh, you know, there's a level of authenticity that you want to eventually go for, but being like a, a first timer, I think you can get away with, you know, just being wanting to go and being part of it. And like, and just, yeah, I think the main thing is that they're just very welcoming and want people to yeah, be there and you, have fun and right. not, you know, and you're not there to criticize. You're not there to be criticized. You know, it's like, yeah, you, you come along, go, like, you dress up a little bit, you, you, you try and you have fun and yeah, you just, you're open to stuff. Yeah. 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 It seems like a, a, a fun time seems like something that you know Nicole and Corinne and I could definitely get into, and uh, I think that's also an angle, like a perspective, is that it's something that like we've kind of been interested in, and doing Pendic would kind of push us into being a little bit more interested in that thing. Where I think some people go into, or like some of the videos I've seen are just people who want to go and see it and just document it yeah. for other people to see, but they're not necessarily, um, not necessarily want to actually be part of it for more after you know like continually and yeah. i think that nicole and Corinne and i are both are all like into it enough that we'd like to do some stuff that's like a little bit more regular just like you know being part of that and trying to like learn about a time period and trying to reenact in that time period so yeah be yeah. fun i'm in yep. cool right on um Devin, you said you had a game or something, or was that that was the game? That that, uh, that was the game. Oh, okay, nice. I was going to bring up some other stuff, but uh, we can we can wrap it up with some recommendations if you want. Yeah, I'll um, I'll, I'll start. I'll steal the one. I'll steal the um, one of the, the the videos I was watching about Pentec was from the channel Skill Tree. Okay, um, 
and that they're they're good. They got they had a really good. They go to all those type of events. Like they go to the LARP ones and all those. Like I I don't think I'd be as into full LARP like right. with magic and stuff. But I do love the Renaissance festivals and reenactments and that stuff because I feel mm-hmm. like that's a lot of craft and people making a lot of things and mm-hmm. like that would it's just good uh good fun but they do a lot of that stuff and cloaks and money and making knives and and uh, leather stuff and all their outfit stuff and they have good long videos about um i guess the guy and his girlfriend i don't know but they're they're pretty cool so uh, yeah skill tree they did have a cool video on uh like a wanderer's staff like a walking stick and it was um it was basically like a say a six foot or so tall walking stick that could be broken down into three two foot sections and then could be attached together to make a three-legged stool which i thought was super cool because that's like something that i've uh that i made some sketches of i thought it'd be fun to make on the channel like doing a little like tripod stool so i was like oh that's so crazy like they have it so it actually threads together to make a walking stick like how cool is that yeah cool um adrian you have a uh a recommendation for the listeners I don't know if they have um I don't I don't know if they have like a channel or anything but like on the side of like Penzik uh, Pennsylvania also does this other thing called Penn's Colony um which is very okay. similar to uh like your Renaissance fairs and stuff like that um where it's right. like king and queen themed or like um that time era you know and right. uh and they have like themed sh- like they have like a whole village set up and so you like you just come in and in this time frame and it's pretty it's pretty cool they have like glass blowers so very all similar to the renaissance fair but it's not the renaissance fair it's called Penn's right. colony last year was the first year that they canceled it in like a very long time um so oh, yeah. actually i guess bad time to bring it up i don't even know if they're still having it <laughs> whoops <Yeah>. <laughs> but <laughs> uh if they are <laughs> it's a great thing to check out you totally should if they're not uh whoops bad bad timing <laughs> you missed it well all, all right? thousands like, of people oh, that I... listen to this podcast yeah. know, uh, <laughs> everyone will like put their voices in and like bring pence colony back <laughs> <laughs> right is that that's so funny. that's like an event that happens or is that like it's a yeah. place no, it's a it's an event that happens, um, and it's a in okay. I don't know exactly where it's at. It's not far from where I live, because um, okay. yeah, I've been to it, so it's within reasonable driving distance. Um, but yeah, All it's right. just like I said, it's like that kind of Renaissance fair type stuff, and nice. um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll check that out. See, I'll see what I can find online, and I'll try to post something on the in the show notes that gets people to the right place. Check out Pascal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, my uh, my recommendation this week is a um, uh, blacksmith um, and his Instagram. I don't know what his name is because he doesn't really have it on his Instagram. But his um, his Instagram is Front Step Forge. And I actually um, mm. saw him do a post this week of making an anvil, and it looked like a decent-sized anvil. I think now looking back at it, it may have been, you know, kind of a medium size, so maybe like 
not medium, but like a small, so maybe a 30 or 40 pound anvil, but he had the kind of anvil forge and then he was, it was like a little too tall or something. So he was, it was in his, uh, in his press. He had just like a hydraulic press and he was pressing down on it to like shorten the whole thing. Um, but, uh, he has some really cool, um, cool videos and he does different demonstrations on blacksmithing around. I think he's up in Canada. Um, but again, that's, um, I say front step forge and, Oh wait, I did have his name, Sean Cunningham, um, Front Step Forge. I and I ended up commenting on one of his videos where he did the the um, the anvil thing, and he just commented back like, "Thanks for watching," whatever, something like that. So I went in and checked out his uh, his page, and he sells all sorts of cool blacksmithing stuff. And one of the um, Devin, you mentioned about doing like your character is like a a dude in a straw hat who gambles (laughs) um (laughs) our um nicole and corinne and i have kind of come to like our the characters that we've kind of developed or the costumes we developed for renaissance festival are kind of viking-esque that kind of time period so Mm -hmm. that's kind of where we landed on the kind of um persona that we want to go for for sca events um and and some of the reason is because I really enjoy doing blacksmithing stuff. And a lot of the stuff that I enjoy is all that kind of time period that like, you know, Celtic or, you know, early medieval English or Norse or Scandinavian type stuff. So twisted things, torques, um, you know, cloak pins, things like that. So I thought it'd be fun to be able to like forge some of the stuff that we need that I can make. And, um, and this guy does some really cool different forging stuff. He, you know, he makes hammers and tongs and things. He sells those things, but he also does different events and teaches. So you can check out uh, Sean Cunningham, Front Step Forge on Instagram. There you go. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I know this was kind of a wandering talk, but that's fine. Oh, <laughs> it was like <laughs> we just wanted we we just want to hang out and and reminisce about the fun things that we've done. Um, since we've had oh, yeah. the podcast last. It's great catching up. Yeah. And uh, you're doing, um, are you going to do Friends on the Farm again this year? <clears throat> I actually am. I am not. I'm going to take a back burner this year because I actually, no. um, I want to get involved with my local theater group and they are doing Susical the Musical this year. So I kind of oh. couldn't pass it up. And they have their opening night the weekend after I would host Friends on the Farm. So it's just very time. It would be, you know, a, it would be a lot of pressure. <laughs> so I decided I gotcha. to put off uh, Friends on the Farm for this year. But Doctor it does not mean that it's you. going to be over forever. <laughs> well, awesome. maybe we will all join together for Penzik. <laughs> yeah, yes, right. So that would July, be fun. July and August. See, so. End of July and the beginning of August. And we're thinking yeah. maybe, what'd you say? We're, like the first July, week of August. August. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So we'll keep in touch. And if we are going to go up, we'll let yeah. you know. Maybe we can all get together up there and, and enjoy it for the Absolutely. first time together. And we'll obviously definitely see you at Maker Camp again. And if people are going yeah. to Maker Camp and you want to... You want to camp in the camping area? Know that we'll all be over there. We're very welcoming, and you want to bring some food along and pitch in. That would be cool. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, all, all fun things. Yep. Sweet. All right. Awesome. Well, right. thank you so much for hanging out. It's been a blast, as always. Um, all right. Everybody thank else, you thank you. Thank, 
thank you all so much. Make sure you don't forget to head over to uh, YouTube and check out uh, our channel. Check out the videos that we have. We have a video that we put up recently about making the uh, or like finding quality axe handles in uh, in hardware stores. You can check that one out. Um, and we'll be working on a couple new videos here coming up soon, as well as being part of the uh, the YouTube Knife Maker Challenge, the Viking Challenge, which actually works perfect for uh, our personas <laughs> for the Good SCA Penzik event. <laughs> and uh, you can also find us on Instagram. You can find me at the Art of Craftsmanship and Devin, the Art of Camera Guy. And you can find Adrian at Hickory Homestead Creations. Check out what's going on behind the scenes in the daily lives of all the good things and all the bad things that happen because that's all real stuff in the life of makers and farm people yeah. and teachers and parents and all sorts of fun stuff. And, and what's your um, what's your website, Adrian, for all the the um, the alpaca? Uh, the we- uh, the stuff? website is this. Yeah, my website is also pretty much the same. It's uh, you know www.hickoryhomesteadcreations.com. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah, Nicole, um, when we went up, she she bought a bunch of uh, yarn to make a sweater, so she still has that. I think she used a part of it for something, but she has it kind of together. She bought the right quantity for a sweater of uh, of yarn from Yarapaka, so she's super excited about yeah. that. So. Yeah, I'm not even going right. to get another round of uh, fire. I'm not going to get another round of yarn until September of next year. Crazy. Wow. Jeez, that is that how, is that typical? Is that how long? Uh, September of this year. year, September of this year. Yeah, it was a year okay. turnaround. Yep. Oh, but, wow, that yep. makes sense. I know. Damn, wild. Good quality. <laughs> <laughs> all the all the work. So, <laughs> got, got a oh, I'm telling practice. you, it's it's like it's a two hour or a two hour. It's like a two year process to from beginning yeah. to end. So. Ooh, awesome. Well, good luck with yeah. them. Good luck with the goats. <laughs> Lots thank you, thank you. Good luck with Wrangling. <laughs> and uh, thank you guys all so much for listening. And we will talk to you all next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.